won't be here forever. There's going to be a new batch, a new breed of fierceness, a new breed of awareness. They're going to want to know where they came from. And that's us. And even if people try to X us out, I want us to make sure that we keep record of that. For them. For our future. Hey, what's up, Hunger Family? Thank you for tuning in to Season 5, Episode 1 of the Hunger Podcast, a Philly-based culture and society podcast from a Black-ass queer perspective. I'm your host. I'm your producer, Eric Cole. If you're new to the show, be sure to subscribe. You can find the Hunger Podcast on any podcasting platform and social media platform. All you got to do is search Hunger Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. Tap that bio link for merch. You'll be able to listen to that last episode of the podcast and see Hung Up Pod recommendations like Legendary, the clip that you heard in the intro. The link to that documentary is in the bio link. Season five kicks off with Pride 2.0, and I'm teaming up with mindfulness leadership coach and founder of My Messy Roots, Mario Javan. Mario works with organizations to strengthen their work and promote productivity. Using his tailored coaching curriculum, Mario helps organizations improve productivity and decrease stress. Pride 2.0 is our way of continuing to highlight pressing societal issues that are impacting the LGBTQ plus community from a life coaching lens. This week, we're talking about religion and ideology. Who is God then and now? What the world told us queer folk growing up compared to where we are today. Where does God show up in our lives? Where are queer folks in the church? How has this space served us? And what are some of the ways this space continues to fall short when it comes to representing and advocating for LGBTQ plus lives? Good morning, Hunger Fan. Well, it's morning um, right now. <laughs> I don't know okay. where you're listening, but good morning, Hunger Family. I'm really excited to have Mario Jovan here. Uh, Mario Jovan is a mindfulness leadership coach. Uh, Mario, welcome to the Hello. Hunger Podcast. Pride 2.0. Pride 2.0. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. Pride 2.0. We're continuing it. All the glitter and all of I'm just messing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> all of the magic. <laughs> yes. All of the magic. We say it's 365 days a year. So we just trying to, you know, yeah. embody that. <laughs> yes. And yes. bring that to the community. And honestly, um, I want to thank you, Mario, for accepting this link up because I, I just think it's cool that two coaches, two black men um are, are coming together to to do this and mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm excited for our topics yeah we're going to release yeah. one we're going to release one every week yeah this week we're going to talk about theology and the community 
I'm excited about this. <laughs> and next week we're gonna do AI. Yeah. I'm here for it. Like <laughs> this is gonna be really, really cool. And um I think it's it's needed conversations, right? Like it's typically like conversations that um you know are talked about but not necessarily mainstream topics and as we think about um pride and you know everything that definitely uh went down with the supreme court um is impact on the queer community more particularly black queer community um and how theology plays a part in it and i think that is something that is super real you know that's that's happening and so i'm happy that we are doing uh 2.0 and this is going to be really fun and exciting it is and it's interesting you brought that up because i saw a tweet this week that went viral and it said something like i thought the church and state were separated did they get back Mm -hmm. together <laughs> did they, I know, right? I and think they did. About, right, and talking about what you, what you just mentioned in terms of what we're seeing yeah. around the country right now. Yeah, no, I think as a so in this topic, obviously, you know, we're talking about theology, and I, I, I you know, we planned for this ahead of time. Uh, so the fact that all of this stuff kind of went down uh, has really open my eyes even more to think about how I want to show up. I think I, I I would identify um, just as a soul, as a being first, right? I think like that's one thing that I want to just kind of ground myself in as a person is just, I'm a soul, I'm a being. And then anything else attached to that, you know, I'm more conscious of, right? So even being labeled queer, Black mindfulness leadership coach. Those things are added on top of like this soul and this being. Mm-hmm. And another thing I would say is that I am Christian, right? And I think it's a very difficult walk that I have had in the last month and two months um, around Christianity and how I want to show up in that space and just realizing how much like the Christian religion uh, has really limited so many folks limited so many people from really being able to live in their being live in their soul and fully show up in their soul you know that that's why i say i start off with the soul right and i think that some of us get the opportunity to really just be that right and then some of us you know we have because of all of the other things added to us are limited and i think that Again, Christianity plays a huge role in how people are limited to being who they are. Yeah, because I know I. it's interesting when you said, you know, I identify as Christian. Someone asked me yesterday, mm-hmm. are you Christian? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I, no one's asked me that in a long time, and mm-hmm. especially because my neighborhood that I live in in West Philly, no one's knocking on my door like they did back in the day to hand you that little pamphlet and say, yeah. are you saved, young man? Yeah, do, you, okay. do you know Jesus for yourself? Are you born again? <laughs> All those questions I do remember because I grew up in it. And um, yeah. particularly like my mother's side of the family pastored um, a church and still do. My aunt and uncle um, pastor a church down in Maryland. And so it has 
while it has been such a staple and so much history in the family and so much is surrounding the church in terms of like family and events Mm -hmm. and memories, it also is a place of, um, particularly when I was a child, it was a place of fear. That's, Mm -hmm. that's like an emotion that I remember the most and just always not feeling like the other. Yeah. You know, the one that's doomed to go to hell. And yeah. it's, it was always a fight to just want to be accepted. Yeah. And it, and it just added to that fight that I was already feeling like I was doing outside of the church just for being different, being a different kid, you know, feeling different, not knowing that I was queer or gay. And, you know, I'll learn those things later, at, you know, when I become an adult. But it just added this extra layer of stress. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it took away from my childhood it took away from Mm -hmm. self-actualization it took away from some of the joys and the things that i should have been able to experience as a child Mm -hmm. but but i but i didn't so i i absolutely agree with your last statement yeah you know you're right i i just wrapped up a four-part series with my dad um called son of the hustle and there's two things um why i caught it that one is because i think my, growing up and, and it's so funny my dad used to always say he's a hustler he's a hustler right but then as i got older hustler became like this negative word right like in my household um in my childhood hustler was like this positive thing we got a hustle i played tennis growing up you know it's about hustling to the ball all of those type of things right but then as again i got older and, and you know you're more in like these uh collegiate settings people's like oh hustle that's such a bad thing um it's just so uh, such associated to like bad business type of thing like bad like you're selling drugs or things like that and and i kind of realized that in order for me to really get tapped back into my soul and, and to really understand who i am i can't be afraid of that word and i can't because that's who i am right like that's that I, I come from that hustle mindset. I come from that hustle mentality. And I realized how even for my with my dad and, and what he had brought to the table around, like how you got to go hard to get things. It helped me to honestly recognize that that's why I'm successful in my business as a coach is because I have like this hustle mentality. Same thing that happens with like queer identity. That's the second part for me. The reason why I named the son of the hustle is that there is this connection though, that my dad has to me as him raising me and my mom as a queer kid, as a black gay kid, right? Growing up in Cleveland, Ohio. And so it's this two lane street of that. I am your son, but I'm all like in, in he, him embracing that as me being this black queer son. And then um, I'm embracing that hustle part, right? And I'm bringing that in. And both words, gay, queer, as well as even hustle, have either negative or positive connotations, right? And how we define those words matter. And as it relates to Christianity, even sometimes when you step into spaces, right, where right now, definitely, you know, you with the Supreme Court, all the decisions, Christianity could seem like a negative and a bad term. Part of that is why I'm still utilizing that word, right? Because I do recognize that 
Christianity for me is, and how I define it, is my language that I use to be able to speak to God. And I recognize, mm-hmm. I recognize that there are multiple languages, right, to speak to God. That I'm not, that this is not the only language, right? So there's Muslim, there is Hindu, there is Buddhist, right? Mm-hmm. There's even atheists, in my opinion, right. right? It's a certain way that we speak to this vibrational energy Absolutely. on this earth. Yep. And if we get back to the basis of that, like I mentioned, the soul, I think that that is something that could help so many individuals and people um, just get released and to understand who they are. Because we're, we're we're blocked up. Like you said, there's so many different things that you could have with your childhood that just didn't like really come to be, be to be because of the fact, oh, because you're Christian or you grew up in this particular like household, this is the way that you have to show up, right. you know? And I'm in a process of figuring out how I want to take that back, how I want to really show up and what do I really want to be? And that has been a beautiful journey for myself. I love that. And I I really like the, how you spoke about how, because it's not all bad, right? Like I I talked about the fear. I talked about how I felt like it's, it could have stunted my, um, my growth in different areas as a, as a, as an adolescent going into my adulthood. But honestly, it wasn't all bad either. I have some really great memories, lifelong connections, lifelong lessons. There's still sermons that still stick with me that I remember to this, to this very day. And so I think it's very interesting that when we talked about starting this 2.0 probably 2.0 series out Mm -hmm. we wanted to talk about theology i thought it was interesting that we have this conversation about how you know over time over history queer people have and continue to create space and have space in in the church and Mm -hmm. um i think it it, in terms of like positions i think it's from the top down you know from serving in in pastor leadership roles Mm -hmm. um and speaking to the people in a leadership capacity on down to just being in the congregation. Right. And I think it's easy for particularly those of us who may have had negative experiences in the past with, with the religion to be like, well, why, why do the church, why, why black gay? Why, why do we do this? Why are we going to the church to a space where you're not wanted? I want to go back to your, your point about how there's so many languages that we all use uniquely to mm-hmm. communicate to God. While it may be these things, these negative things, it also is a place where queer people come to get closer to God, to share the experience yeah. with others who want to get closer to God and, and feel that sense of community away from the oppressions of the world. These are things that <laughs> I feel like universally, um, mm-hmm. a lot of people come to these spaces mm-hmm. to do outside of the gay and 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 there and there are affirming ideologies. There are affirming religions. There are affirming churches where where queer people can go. Mm-hmm. But particularly speaking to where we came from, yeah. Um, I I just wanted to speak on that because I think it's important to highlight how we've been able to kind of re resource. Yeah, this space and make it a little bit safer for us in times where it may not have always been safe. We yeah. still found a way to use religion to to help us. Talking about us as in you know the, the black queer community. Yeah, yeah, and I think I I I think like as a coach, I love having uh 
community, right? Like I love building community. I think that's one of my favorite things to do. Many coaches uh, lead retreats, whether that be spiritual retreats, healing retreats, um, leadership retreats. Oh yes, I remember uh, the retreats. Always, yeah, we're all, yeah. And so, so many of us as coaches, um, part of our job is to facilitate retreats, either ones that we have created for ourselves or leading it for organizations and. A lot of times those retreats, regardless of the title, can be very spiritual, right? And so part of it, it, as you're building a community, is recognizing um, how do you fit into that that spiritual piece as well as allowing other people to be able to show up spiritually as well. And that, to me, has been a piece that had push me along my journey to think about, well, how do I want to, how do I actually want to show up? You know what I mean? Like, what is it that I truly believe in, in relation to church theology and community, right? Um, And I believe that like church is not necessarily just the four walls of a building, but it's when people gather. And I had to recognize that for myself as it relates to community, because I did feel a little bit isolated. I go to a mega church, modern church here in Charlotte, North Carolina, multiple campuses, um, spread it around the city. And I kind of drifted away from that from a, as, as, you know, sharing my personal story. I kind of drifted away from that. And I started to recognize my drifting or it began in 2020. I think prior to 2020, this, you know, mega modern church when, you know, big issues with happen in the community, you know, they will post about it. They will talk about it. One of them being, uh, I remember the Pulse shooting that happened and I was just so kind of warmed and I was so grateful that the church that I was attending actually acknowledged the Pulse shooting, right? Um, and said, you know, prayer for the, for the victims and the families. That to me was like, wow, right? Yeah. It seemed like Post 2020, though, after George Floyd and the true divisiveness, right, um, politically, um, social issues that the church that I, you know, attend, attended, even maybe I don't know yet, uh, you know, necessarily haven't really shared these views and tried to stay more so in the middle. And to me, what I have noticed, and I guess like when we talk about separating church from state, when we talked about the beginning, I think that like the church has been way more right-leaning, way more conservative on issues these days than really focusing on like the liberal issues. And so when we think about the modern church, for me, I think that's where it starts because I think that in each generation, the church has evolved to be something new, more accepting, right? Like in the 60s, you couldn't see, you would never see a woman, you know, in the pulpit, yet alone preaching, right? And now we see that, right? So things continue to evolve and get better. But for some reason in this generation, as we talk about, quote unquote, this, these modern churches is at the forefront, right? Because I do believe that there are modern churches that's not at the forefront, that is not getting that 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 are getting the praises for allowing LGBTQ folks in and 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 saying no, you know, your sexuality is not a sin. This is who you are, type of thing. I think that for me, we gotta move these modern churches a little bit forward, right? Or redefine it. Okay, they're just they're big. They get a lot of money from you know from tithing and offering, so they can't necessarily be these churches that have 
you know, these conflicting views because then the donations or the tithing will go down and the membership will go down, right? So I'm really thinking about what that looks like these days as we create safe havens and communities for LGBTQ folk. It may not be the churches that we see on TV these days. They'll seem modern. And, you know, they have people that got tattoos and you're not wearing a robe when you're singing. And, you know, the church got all of the different lighting and smoke and it looked fun, you know, um, and, and I enjoy those environments, but maybe they may not be for us. They seem modern, right? But the community just has not progressed. And in fact, it, it it's, you know, leaning more conservative. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that we need to think about. You know, yes, you could go to those churches and feel, you know, the spirit and stuff like that. Um, but then there's also this longing and this peace to have belonging and to feel accepted for all of who you are, you know, and I think that that's something that I've been focusing on as we look at the history and the dynamics of the churches. So, you know, you're already touching on Mario, like reforming and rethinking your relationship with God. And I, and I wanted us mm-hmm. to wrap up this conversation and talk about where we are with that now in relations to where we were. I know like for me, um, reforming and rethinking my relationship with God has really been a journey back to the beginning. Like I I, I had to like literally spiritually, physically, mentally like start over um, Mm. and go back. And because a lot of a lot of the negativity and the bad stuff comes from childhood. So I'm like, let me go back and tap into that. Let me go back and tap into that little boy and rediscover who God was for myself. Yeah, uh, reconnecting to God in my own language. And a lot of that has been discovering that he's here within me. And yeah. so it's helped me practice how I go about it in a different way. So yeah. whether I'm playing tennis, I'm speaking and connecting with God, especially if I'm stretching or if I got my yoga mat out here and I want to meditate, I'm connecting with God. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to take a walk, um, and I'm paying attention to the breeze and the and the shift of the the nature and what's going on. I'm connecting with God. And those are things that weren't necessarily given to me. Mm-hmm. But I was able to reform or rethink or rediscover what that connection looks like and really make it more of a positive connection, which which I really think that's what God, what God wants. And just going back to you earlier, you made a really, uh, really good point about all the different religions, be it or theologies, be it Muslim or people who practice Christianity or Buddhism. These are all different ways. God, God doesn't care. It, it all leads to one route and that's to him. However yeah. we speak to him, however we get to him he's he's cool with that yeah it's just and and it's unfortunate to still see the tension yeah that's something that has not changed as i've been reforming and rethinking my relationship with god some things haven't changed and one thing that sticks out to me is this uh this this war that's going on in jerusalem Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. how religion and ideology still to this day Mm -hmm. can create division between Mm -hmm. people and can create war Mm -hmm. and some of the things you hear some of the people saying, you'd be like, wow, if God is so central in your life, how could you say that about someone else, another human being? But because that person is on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. while some things haven't changed, in my opinion, I personally have been able to reform and rethink my relationship with God. Yeah. And I'll say lastly, before I pass the mic to you, is that one thing that's still a work in progress is my relationship with my mom, because our relationship is 
uh, very damaged by uh, her mm. thoughts around religion and her relationship with God and her thoughts, uh, you know, about me being queer and gay. Um, mm. That still is a work in progress. But even with that, I've gotten better in terms of um, a lot of it has been just accepting. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's out there listening, you may have gone through this or you may be going through this with a parent, you know, or someone in your family. Sometimes it's it's a part uh, just accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, I just made a decision to stop fighting my mom. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to prove her wrong, that she was wrong about me, that she was wrong about how she viewed me. And I decided to just live. Yeah. I just decided to just live and continue to love her at my capacity. And mm-hmm. I think that's important to to point out that capacity part because it's going to be different for all of us that, that are listening, depending on our relationship, depending on what's been done in the past, depending on where you are now with that healing and that work, our capacities are going to be a little different. So I think that's important too. And, and reforming and rethinking my relationship with God and connecting with God has really given me that that right and that freedom to say eric you can love people at your capacity and that's okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i love that no i think it's really good i i love what you be like again that relationship that you have with your soul and that connection to the creator of that soul being god um, allows us to really think about the relationships we have with other people because when we're in community, like we talked about, and when we're in relationship with other folks, it's one soul meeting the other, you know, and that's what's the most beautiful thing about it. Like you, I had to re-engage with my relationship with God as well. Like I was like, this ain't it for me. The way I thought about who God is in my life is not it for me. And I realized um, one of the books I picked up was universal christ by father richard Rohr, which is one of my favorite books i've read it two to three times already um he starts off the first sentence is god's last name is is not i mean jesus last name is not christ right and god is not even a man right um god is i am you know god introduced god uh and 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 i'll still say him every now and then because i'll be i'm still learning i'm still trying to get better with it but god yeah god uh says when moses asks uh who are you god says i i am i i i am i am like come on like let's get with it right (laughs) but in order for us to really adopt this notion of God, you know, God had to be this man, right? And God had to be this father-like figure. But the most important uh, aspect of of character that God used was wisdom and and, and God shared it in as a form of, of a feminine, right? Saying she and her, right? And the out of all of the things have like wisdom, right? And so it's most beautiful when you could just see God in all things. And people have been talking about God particle or um, panentheus. And so panentheus is that God is this thing. Panentheus is that God is in this thing. And so like, you're right. How can you not look at the tree and look at this is the manifestation of what God will call a tree, or this is the manifestation of manifestation of what God will call a butterfly. I don't care that this is the manifestation of what God call a rat. I don't want it or a mouse or ants or roaches. I don't like none of those four creatures. So at the end of the day, those things will, 
I don't care if that's God's manifestation. However, for <laughs> everything else, you know, that's the most beauty uh, 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 of it is seeing God in these things. And you just get taken away with it. Yeah. When those things come up and you start to realize, man, God was right here all along, right here in my heart. And now I'm finally at a place where I am breathing it in mm. and allowing it to really consume me um, so I could be able to appreciate everything else. That is, man, I, I, I realize I'm a, I'm a true spiritual, just God freak person like i remember when growing up we say jesus freak you know i think i'm just a god the freak like i just realized how much i just like love god and love just this being right and i have walked away from that from so or i moved away from that so much um because i was so afraid of like well god doesn't love me right but as soon as i realize that God loves me. You know, that my Angelou says that on Oprah. A lot of people use that. That, And I'm so glad of it. But it's the truth, though. Like, this thing that fleas and everything like that. And trees, like how she say, loves me. Man, you, you, you can't, you can't, like, once you get to that, that, that part, it, it, it changes things. It seriously changes things in your life and you go okay i'm i'm right here then i'm right here god use me and that's that that is the most beautiful thing as a part of this earth is 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 that that feeling so i could talk about that forever i i have really gotten back to that when i move everything out the way the church and their thoughts around this and this there and i said well who is god and god re- came back to me and said well who is mario because <laughs> in order to know me, you need to know yourself. I said, okay. And the color purple was the book that really took that with me. And, 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 and I went to go see the play and I started my journey too, back in 2016. Um, I went to go see the play and that thing of like, God lives inside me, you know? And when you feel yourself, you found God. You know what I mean? Like, and most of all, I'm happy for being my full self. I could talk about that. That book is life changing. It should be in the Bible, the color purple. And the thing is, and, and I think it upsets God when you see the color purple and don't acknowledge it. That line right there is beautiful as well because purple is all around us, right? But for some reason, it does take you to just stop and, oh, there go purple right there they go purple right there and that's the same thing they go god right there they go god right there i think that's that that that's where i have changed my mindset around who god is and I, i'm just so grateful to just be loved by god you know and the way that i know i'm loved by god is because i'm loved by the people around me and i continue to feel that love mm-hmm. you cannot do god in isolation you have to do god in community and that's why we have to get even more closer to that as yes. critical. especially right now i think it's such a great idea for people to explore that and i liked how you 
you you mentioned a moment ago being a vessel and i just want to say like just being being like yo i'm here to be a vessel really helps you on your journey if anybody's like on a journey trying to find your purpose your passion who you are allowing yourself to be a vessel really puts you on that path (laughs) if you want to know god become an entrepreneur (laughs) 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 you want to get to really know god become an entrepreneur because that's the test the trials and the tribulations you'll be like all right but yeah yeah And, and, and there's definitely something to be said in that too you know as we ask the universe as we ask god as we ask mm-hmm. our ancestors that have gone on before us that are looking over us when we're asking for these things when we're asking for these podcasts and these books and these deals and <laughs> these trips yeah. and when we're asking for the bank account to look a certain way the universe will respond the universe will respond yeah. and send things our way to test us and to see if we're actually ready for it Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's something else that i've learned and reforming and rethinking my relationship with god you're right yo we can go on and on and on but this is a great start to our pride 2.0 series yes thank you no for doing this i really enjoyed this conversation yes we'll be back next week but we're gonna be on yo podcast. yes the Wanna messy roots it? podcast so yes. excited that's all you have to do is type in messy roots um on the podcast or go to messyroots.org and we have a link but i'm excited about that um we'll be talking about ai so the complete opposite artificial authenticity versus artificial let's go <laughs> <laughs> let's go thank okay. you hunger family for for being here this week and we'll see y'all next week peace